Welcome, I'm Dr. Juan Fernandez, and this is Living the Full Life, where we talk about your health and how to achieve it to the fullest. As always, I want to remind you, you were created to be healthy, feel good, look great, and enjoy your life. My job is to teach you how to align your life so you can make these things happen. So today I'm going to be talking about plantar fasciitis, and uh, it's a topic I talked about, I think, almost three years ago, two and a half years ago, maybe, and I haven't touched it since, and I think, um, obviously, I've been seeing... Some cases of it, obviously, it's getting warmer out. People are getting out and about, doing a little bit more uh, activities out in the sun. So people are, you know, coming in now with issues that they didn't have through the winter because obviously people are a little more sedentary during the cold months. So plantar fasciitis, we're going to be diving into what it is, how to address it naturally without drugs and surgery, what to do on your own before you ever even visit a doctor so you can get to the bottom of what's causing your problem and fix it uh, from within. So as always, I want to remind you, you were uh, you were created to be healthy, and my job is to give you those tips so you can do so. Um, also, I want to remind you as well that uh, we are on Facebook at Full Life Chiropractic. You can search for us there. We're also on YouTube, and I, I always forget about YouTube. We do have a YouTube channel. You can search for Full Life Chiropractic. We post testimonials. We post different videos on there. Uh, we're also on Instagram as well as iTunes and as well as Spotify. So you can search Living the Full Life with Dr. Juan. Uh, you can also search for us at AskDrJuan.com. You can go on the internet and AskDrJuan.com and go to that website. It has testimonials, upcoming events, etc. So if you're looking for us, you can find us. If you don't look for us on the social media slash computer slash technology, you can just use the good old-fashioned phone as well and call our office at 937 937- Five five two seven three six four. If you have any questions about this topic or any other topics we covered in the past, and if you don't want to call and you want to text instead, you can also text that number. Once again, nine three seven five five two seven three six four. You can press option uh, two if you want to talk to one of our team members. If not, obviously you can text that number once again nine three seven five five two seven three six four. So. Uh, as always, I like to get started on my show, and I always like to talk about what what moves me to get on radio, what moves me to just spread this message uh, of healthcare and natural healthcare and chiropractic and how all and marries together. And the, my my inspiration to this to do this is my mom. My mom called me eight years ago to tell me devastating news, and she called me to tell me she'd been diagnosed with breast cancer. And of course, at that moment, as soon as she tells me, she starts crying on the phone. Then, of course, I start crying on the phone as my mom is my hero. I saw my mom when I was a young man, uh, you know, struggle day in and day out as a single mother of three to put food on the table and a roof over our heads. So I asked my mom at that moment, what are you going to do? She says, son, I know what I'm not doing. I'm not doing chemotherapy and radiation. I'm okay. Great. Fair enough. I don't know what to do. Well, you know what? I know one thing. I know God put an awesome power in your brain, and if your brain and your body are communicating at 100%, it ought to function and heal at 100%. So, Mom, let's get your spine checked and see what's going on. At least give your body a fighting chance, right? So we got her spine checked, and when you look at the side view of the neck, and when you look at somebody from the side, the side view of the neck, you are supposed to have a 45-degree angle in your neck. We took my mom's x-ray and saw that she had lost 100% of the curve in her neck. She had zero degrees out of 45. My mom's neck was completely straight, which is not normal. Strike one. From front to back, you are supposed to be completely straight. Well, from T1 through T7, my mom had a bend in her spine going sideways, putting pressure on those nerves coming out of there, and those nerves just happened to go to her breast tissue, heart, and lungs, right? When I saw that on her x-rays, I knew that that was not helping anything, that that was more likely than not 
causing some issues, obviously not allowing her body to function and heal at 100%. So when I saw that, and then I was not surprised intuitively because my mom struggled for years with upper back pain, neck pain, headaches, chronic sinus infections, and every single time she went to the doctor, my mom would always receive the same exact answer. That answer was a pill in a bottle with her name on it, and she would take it twice a day with meals and then obviously get a refill every month at the pharmacy, right, medication. It did its job really well because it masked the symptoms for years, but then she was left with a disease, cancer, that literally threatened to take her life at any moment. So I finally asked my mom, why did you decide to do something different now? She says, son, simple. I have grandchildren, and I want to see my grandchildren grow up. Four of those grandchildren she's referring to are my kids, Eden, who's eight, Eve, who's six, John Luke, who's three years old, and Ellery, who's eight months old. So my mom chose to do something different in order to afford my kids, nieces, and nephews the opportunity of having a grandmother in the future. And because of that, my mom is still alive today, and I'm thankful for that, right? My mom is still battling. She's still got a couple spots, right? But nonetheless, my mom is still alive, literally able to live her dream of seeing her grandchildren grow up. So... My question to you guys, obviously, my mom took responsibility for her health. She grabbed the bull by the horns and said, you know, I got to do something different. My question is this. Who is responsible for your health? You are, right? And when are you going to grab the bull by the horns for your life, right? If you do nothing different, are you going to get different results? The answer is no. If you had a family history of heart attacks and diabetes and cancers and you're eating the same diet, having the same habits, and matter of fact, even working the same profession, guess what's going to happen? You're going to have the same exact issues that your family members did. And it's not necessarily a hereditary issue because of genetics. It's more likely than not a nurture thing that you are utilizing the same things that your family members did and you have the same genetic makeup so your body will more likely not react the same exact way which is unfortunate so you have to do something different the question is are you ready to do that you don't have to answer that question to me not to your spouse you got to look yourself in the mirror and say you know what i am ready to take charge of my life i'm going to say this I'm, I'm listening to this book uh about you know just you know really really appropriating the fun in your life and not necessarily fun, the joy. I don't really use the word fun. Fun has been kind of like, you know, a, a, a word that's been twisted out of proportion. Taking the joy in your life, the joy in your life. So for those of you who are grandparents, right, being able to go for a walk with your grandchildren as they're riding their bikes, right, uh, in a sunny day, being able to literally pick up your grandchildren from the ground and hold them and give them a kiss, right? All those things in order for you to do those things and create those memories and allow your grandkids to create those memories, you have to be healthy enough to do them. That's the one part that a lot of people miss, right? So it's a lot better for you to do things while you're healthy than when you are not healthy. And then secondly, if you are not healthy, especially in your elder years, right, it's really, it's really easy for us to hide a lack of health when we're younger. When you're in your 30s, 40s, and even 50s, you can go through life. You're, you can have your family duped and scoop. You take seven medications. You don't ever work out. You just happen to naturally be slender, even though you actually are over fat. Uh, and it's not about body shaming. It's like literally you have more fat than muscle, but you look good in a suit. You look obviously fit, but you're te technically not, right? You can hide in that in that frame, in that shell for, you know, 5, 6, 10, 20, 30 years, right? But the problem arises when your children graduate high school, they go to college, whatever route that they decide to do, military or vocational school or start working, right? They find Mr. Mr. or Mrs. Wright, and then they get married and they start a family, 
then when they start that family, they're going to be like, hey, dad, now that you're a grandpa, pops, let's go to Disney. And you're like, yeah, sure, let's go to Disney. I remember taking you guys when you were young, and now I want to go with you and our grandchildren to create those memories. The thing is this, though. If you're healthy, those memories for you and your grandkids are going to be very, very positive, right? But if you're unhealthy, the memories of your grandkids is going to be of this. I hope that I never end up like grandpa who needed the little cart, couldn't ride any rides, and always was complaining about his knee, his back, and his ankle or his feet hurting. If you do nothing different, that's the memories your actual family members are going to remember when you're no longer here. And I, I, I hear this more than not. And I'm sorry to go on this tangent. I'm going to start talking about plantar fasciitis here in a second. But this is something that I literally I hear. I'm not even kidding. I hear this probably 10 to 15 times a week. I don't ever want to end up like my mom. I don't ever want to end up like my dad. I don't ever want to end up like my grandmother, grandfather, aunt, uncle, etc. Why? Because they see your lack of health and they say, you know what? I don't want to go down that route. I don't want to do that. So this is why I get on radio, folks. It's a long, long explanation to simply say this. Do something different. I'm not telling you to run a marathon tomorrow. I'm not telling you to start eating organic or eating rabbit food tomorrow. What I'm saying is this. What you've been doing is not working. If it's not working and you keep doing it, I always say this, it's a sign of insanity, right? So you're expecting a different result from the same exact action. It's called insanity. Do something different. So, folks, now diving into plantar fasciitis. What is it? And and obviously, this is why this topic kind of you know spurred that kind of emotional aspect to me. It's not that it's plantar fasciitis. My mom has knee pain that she's had literally for my entire adult life. My mom has knee pain that literally has been bothering so much that my mom can barely walk around. My mom has been heavy set basically ever since she had me, my brother, and my sister. And she was never able to drop the weight. So knee pain, uh, plantar fasciitis, ankle pain, all these things literally have one thing, and even hip pain as well, hip replacements, all those things have one thing in common. If you carry more weight, you're going to destroy those joints faster and they're going to hurt sooner. So I'm talking about this because this is one of the things that literally prevents people from doing fun stuff with their family members, right? Prevents you from going to the lake this summer and getting on your water skis, right? Uh, prevents you from going for a hike with your grandchildren while you guys are out at the lake or going to the beach and walking on the uneven surface by the water with your spouse, right? Your plantar fasciitis might be bothering you during those things. It might be bothering you right now just going to work, putting on your shoes, and literally doing your job to provide for your family. So what is plantar fasciitis? The plantar, Let's just talk about what the plantar fascia is. The plantar fascia is basically a band of tissue at the base, at the very bottom of the foot. Basically, what is composed of muscles and tendons that actually attach to the heel bone and to the toes. This actually then, in turn, supports the arch of your foot, and that in turn allows you to move your foot, which is basically it keeps your foot's um, you know integrity of the arch. So therefore, you can shock, absorb, you know, you know, be able to you know toe off, heel off, and absorb shock. As so you're landing flat footed, it'd be very, very painful for your knees, your back, etc. So it allows you to literally walk, and allows you to jump, and allows you to all these things. Right. The thing is this though, the plantar fascia eventually becomes irritated and it becomes irritated due to a ton of different you know causes and the reason why it hurts is because it's being overstretched and it's actually inflamed 
So itis, right? You know, tuberculitis. Anything itis tells you that's inflammation of that. So in plantar fascia, itis is inflamed. So it's inflamed because of overuse, standing too, you know, too long, uh, you know, repetitive motions, you know, obviously having too much weight. Uh, you know, all these things basically affect the plantar fascia. So it's not 100% known by research exactly where it comes from and how it's actually, you know, caused exactly. But it is known that it affects your ability to utilize your foot properly. It affects the shape of your foot. Have you ever noticed how, like, some people are like, hey, my feet are getting bigger. Like, they're getting longer, so I got to get larger size shoes. That's not necessarily because your feet are growing. Some people, they do, and that's okay. It's because you're losing the elasticity of that plantar fascia, so your foot's spreading. So you're dropping that arch and making that foot more flat than actually arch. And then that means that that plantar fascia is stretching out, and that's what leads to that toe uh, protruding forward a little bit further, which essentially causes your body to not be able to fit in those shoes that you got that obviously were your regular size, but now they're a little too tight. And the reason why is because the plantar fascia is getting overstretched and it's getting inflamed and your foot is becoming flatter and spreading out to a longer position. So I have to take a quick break here. You're listening to Living the Full Life on 1290, 95.7 WHIO, Dayton Susan Talk. It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather, and traffic. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Juan Fernandez, and this is Living the Full Life, where we talk about your health and how to achieve it to the fullest. As always, I want to remind you, you can find us on Facebook at Full Life Chiropractic. Find us on the internet at AskDrJuan.com. You can find us by calling our office at 937-552-7364. Press option two if you want to talk to somebody. If not, you can text that number once again, 937-552-7364. So, um, you know, I want to remind you guys that we have a dinner coming up uh, March 7th, this Monday, 6.30 p.m., Basil's in Troy. We are on a wait list uh, right now. We did have a ton of people sign up um, that are obviously pretty interested in what we're doing and what how we do it. And, you know, they want to learn just a little bit more. So, but you're still nonetheless allowed to get on that waiting list. Obviously somebody last minute can make it, or even, you know, as we're confirming, we see that some people drop off of that list. You're more than welcome. And if obviously this one is completely full and we're at capacity, then obviously we can roll you into the next one, which is April 11th at 6 30 PM, Monday night, 6 30 PM, Basil's in Troy. Once again, uh, so our soonest one is this Monday coming up, March 7th, 6.30 p.m. at Basel Centro. It is at capacity right now. We do have a wait list of about five people and obviously, you know, on guests. So basically, if you are interested in coming to either this dinner or the one in April, get your name on the list. Text the word dinner to 937-552-7364. So coming back from break here, um, you know, talking about plantar fasciitis and, you know, how plantar fasciitis is something that has been causing a tremendous amount of issues in America for a lot of people that are trying either a are trying to get active again, B are, you know, obviously, you know, carrying a little extra weight, whether it's overweight or obese. Right. And, and literally it does not allow you to function, especially your foot to function at hundred percent, which then in turn affects your ability to do things. Right. So one of the things that people do see and practitioners are seeing 
and this is, you know, in the research, that a lot of the plantar fasciitis cases come in also with a heel spur. So I want to just make sure that you understand that the heel spur is not the cause of the plantar fasciitis or vice versa, right? Research has shown there's a lot of evidence to support that. The plantar fasciitis and the actual, you know, the, the tendon slash muscle attaching to the heel bone called the calcaneus, that when it starts getting actually, um, you know, pulled, it starts technically tearing away from the bone, right? Uh, that junction between the bone and the actual tendon, so tendon, muscle, muscles move bones. So you're literally, if you were to put a towel on the ground and try and, and step on it as you're sitting down and then you, you scrunch it up with your toes, you'll be using your actual plantar fascia. It's called a towel gathering exercise, right? So picture this. You have the, the muscle plantar fascia slash tendon, right? And it attaches to the calcaneus. The calcaneus is the heel bone, the bottom of it, right? The bottom of your foot. So the heel bone, it attaches there. If you are overusing it, that actual attachment point between the tendon and the bone is called an enthesis, right? So what happens is that when you overuse, you carry too much weight or you stand too long, et cetera, et cetera, you start pulling away from that bone. And it actually causes micro tears, very, very small tears that then drive an inflammation. As a matter of fact, plantar fasciitis, you know, is not always derived from inflammation, but a lot of the times it has a relationship with it, right? So it's not that you have to have inflammation first to have it. Some people have plantar fasciitis without inflammations, right? So this is where if that enthesis starts getting actually irritated, then it bleeds essentially, and then there's calcium there that gets deposited, and then the body calcifies that, and it creates this thing called a heel spur or a little extra bone. And that right there becomes very, very tender uh, because that's the site of basically an injury. Uh, and then the more you use it, the more repetitive you do things, that tears again, it bleeds, it gets inflamed, it feels very, very painful, it kind of goes away. And this is kind of the cycle that some people go through for years and years and years before they realize what they really have, once again, being plantar fasciitis. So I do have to take another quick break here. You're listening to Living the Full Life on 1290, 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather, and traffic. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Juan Fernandez, and this is Living the Full Life, where we talk about your health and how to achieve it to the fullest. As always, you can find us on Facebook at Full Life Chiropractic. You can find us on the internet at AskDrJuan.com. You can find us by calling our office at 937-552-7364. You can press option two if you want to talk to one of our team members, or you can simply text that number. Once again, that number is 937-552-7364, and you can text the word dinner or new patient or information. Whatever it is that you're trying to find, obviously let us know. Um, you know, We'd be more than happy to help you and get to the bottom of what's causing your problems naturally without drugs and surgery. So folks, welcome back. If you're just joining us, welcome to the show. And this is Living the Full Life. I'm your host, Dr. Juan. And I want to just kind of give a quick recap of what we're talking about today. We're talking about plantar fasciitis. Plantar fasciitis is an issue in where people have pain, the bottom of their feet, specifically the heel 
uh, bone area. Not necessarily there all the time, but it can spread across the ball of the foot about 8% of the time. The interior part, uh, medial or towards the center of the foot, uh, kind of like where the arch is, about 14% of the time. Death smack in the middle, in the middle of the bottom of the foot, or towards the outside lateral portion, towards the outside of the foot on the bottom there, uh, 5% of the time. Most of the issues that people have with plantar fasciitis is typically at the heel. Literally, death smack at the very bottom of the heel, that's like 50, over 50% of the time is there. And sometimes is um, also the bottom of the heel and off to the side medially towards the center or the midline of your body. So that's about 40 plus percent of the time. So plantar fasciitis is one of those things that people get. They don't know how they got it. They don't even know how, how it's coming along. And, and oh, by the way, they don't even know like what the right symptomatology is. So I'm going to give you some signs and symptoms, uh, you know, and and give you kind of a quick you know, overview of what you should be feeling if you do have plantar fasciitis. A lot of people are like, you know, I don't really know. I stretch it. It kind of goes away. Is it plantar fasciitis or is it something else, etc.? So plantar fasciitis literally is typically sharp. It feels like somebody's stabbing you, like you stepped on something, not like a piece of glass, but it's like deep, sharp pain. In 70% of the cases, it's usually on one side more than the other, right? Or just one side at all, right? Meaning that if you have plantar fasciitis on your left foot, you're literally, you should not have it on your right foot or vice versa. So that's 70% of the cases, 30% of the cases are bilaterally, meaning that both feet are actually affected by plantar fasciitis. And even in that aspect, the pain is not exactly the same on both feet, especially the bottom of the, the heel, right? It's typically more on one side than the other, and that's typically due to the fact that people are, generally speaking, out of alignment in their hips, and they're carrying more weight on one side versus the other, right? Especially like moms, right? Moms holding babies. You ever notice, I mean, not even moms, grandmas too, and even grandparents, right, for that matter. So you, some of you prefer to hold a baby on one hip versus the other. It just feels more comfortable. Chances are <laughs> the hip you're holding the baby on is the hip that's more likely to not lower and you kind of balance off on the other side. And this is where, once again, we confirm it on x-ray when we do that in our office and we look for that. But nonetheless, if your hips are off, then that means that there's no way that you're carrying weight evenly, right? So you're carrying weight evenly, and and if you're not carrying weight evenly, you're clearly going to put more pressure on one side than the other, and that in turn would lead to one side developing plantar fasciitis and the other one not, or even if it does, it's not to the same severity, right? So literally if this symptom um, is, is present, and this is one of the biggest, biggest things that determines whether it is actually plantar fasciitis or not, is typically as soon as you get out of bed in the morning, whether it's carpet, hard floor, grass, whatever you get out of bed into and you put your foot down, and as soon as you take the first few steps, first steps, two, three, four, five steps out of bed, or even after sitting down for a long period of time and you go to get up, if you feel that intense pain sharp at the bottom of your heel, chances are you have plantar fasciitis, right? So the thing is that as the day goes on, it goes away. When you're moving around, it goes away. Kind of like, oh, hey, like it's gone. Like I had this horrible pain and now it's completely gone. Like it feels good and I can actually stab it. 
I can push my thumb or my finger into that area and it doesn't even feel that bad. If you press really, really hard, you might still feel a symptom, but it's not as bad, right? But if if you literally, you know, feel that go away, that's telling me that more likely than not, you do have a plantar fasciitis case, right? So um, sometimes in rare cases, you can have numbness, tingling, even swelling, or even radiating pain. So the pain starts in one place and travels to another, right? So this is um, this is really, really something that, you know, happens. So the 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 reason why, and this is where I'm going to try to explain pathophysiology. This is a big word that we use in the doctor world um, in order to explain how the path, pathology, so disease process or problem, physiology, the, the way that the body works, right? So it's basically intended to figure out how something happened, right? So pathophysiology for cancer, for example, cells are normal, they get exposed to radiation, the DNA mutates, that DNA becomes mutated, it spreads and it creates another cell and then it continues to spread and eventually those cells start invading other cells. That's cancer. That's a pathophysiology of cancer. I literally cut 17 different steps out of there. It should be way more intricate. I'm not trying to like downplay that that pathophysiology. That's kind of the big gist of what that what that looks like, right? So the pathophysiology of plantar fasciitis is the following, right? Once again, there's a lot of research still undergoing right now. There's nothing like 100% written in stone on how it happens, but there's a really good consensus of doctors, physical therapists, et cetera, et cetera, orthopedists, uh, you know, podiatrists that are looking and saying like, yeah, typically now looking at the evidence-based medicine, they'll look back and say, yeah, every single one of my cases except for two had the same exact presentation. That must mean that most people that have plantar fasciitis have a 70% chance or 80% chance of having blah, right? So the pathophysiology from what I've observed and the research that I read is that the first thing that happens is that you start by loosing the arch of your foot. You don't necessarily have to, right? So I'm always looking at bone alignment because I'm a chiropractor, right? So I'm looking at bone alignment because I look at putting the bones back to where they're supposed to be, where God designed them to be so the body can function at 100% and heal at 100%. So when we look at the, the bone slash muscle, system, the skeleton, that is basically a pulley system, right? So any of my mechanical people listening right now, some of your mechanics, some of your mechanical engineers, some of you are just kind of nerdy and understand, you know, physics and movement, right? So when you have a pulley system, you have something that's doing the pulling and something that's being pulled, right? So the bone is being pulled, the pulling uh, item is the actual muscle. So what happens is that whenever you have the arch of your foot, Right. So if you look at your foot from the side, if you if you kind of were to get down and look at your foot, you took a picture of it and then you look at your foot from the side, not from the outside, but from the inside, you see the arch of your foot. Some of you have high arches, some of you have low arches, etc. So just bear with me. Right. As you're looking at the arch of the foot, I want you to picture like an arch over a doorway. Right. And we all know that an arch over a doorway back in the day, back in like, I think, Roman times, whatever it was, uh, even, you know, England and all those, you know, good old movies you watch about kingdoms, etc. You see the arch over a castle and there'd be a stone at the very, very top that would be known as the keystone. So most of you know what I'm talking about. If you don't know what a keystone stone is, um, you know, that would be, you know, one of those things. And obviously if there was the, the cornerstone, it'd be the cornerstone of the house to kind of like start off the construction of the, of the foundation. But it's not the cornerstone, it's the keystone over an arch, right? 
So that keystone allows the arch to evenly distribute the weight so it doesn't collapse in or down, right? That's basically what it does. That's its job. It kind of distributes the weight and the pressure from both sides. Uh, you know, in physics, it just literally creates friction, tension, etc., and holds it in place. So those of you who are nerding out over this, that's awesome. Uh, we're speaking the same language, right? Those of you who don't really get it, that's okay. I'm about to go to the next thing. So now that arch, you're looking at it and just pretend it's an arch that you're walking under. Let's say you're walking in a cathedral or a castle. That arch is there, right? So that's the same thing when you're looking at the inside portion of your foot. That arch should be there. When that arch drops and it gets closer to the floor, that's because your keystone at the very top of your arch is actually dislodging or falling slowly out of position. That keystone, that bone that is actually falling out of position is known as the navicular, right? Uh, navigating navel navicular, right? So it looks like a boat. That's why it was named. It was named navicular because it looks like a boat. Navigation, naval, naval ship, right? So the navicular bone starts dropping. And this is what I've seen in my practice. Um, you know, we, we've seen a ton of patients with this issue. And this is what we always assess and address because we've seen that whenever we address this, not 100% of the time, but whenever we address this, a lot of cases not necessarily go away completely, but they clear up very, very quickly, meaning like within three, four, five adjust adjustments. And it's not that it goes away forever, it's that it allows the patient to feel less pain and that plantar fascia to not be as tight. Because if you think about it, um, you know, you have that arch, and now picture that that arch at the bottom had these two points, you know, so if you're walking through the arch, and at the very bottom right and bottom left, if you're walking through the arch and you stop, you look to the bottom right, like right outside of your foot on the right and right outside of your foot on the left, that's where the actual arch meets the ground. Now picture a rubber band down there tied from left to right, right? It's tied on both sides. And then that arch starts dropping and that there's no other stone around the actual arch. And let's say that the arch can slowly start coming down and flattening down. What's going to happen to that rubber band at the bottom? It's going to actually get longer. It's going to start being stretched. This is the same concept of what happens to your actual plantar fascia when your arch drops on your foot so when that happens now that plantar fascia gets overstretched and then that starts pulling on the anthesis once again that's where the tendon and the calcaneus or the heel bone come together that starts being pulled you walk around now just imagine right now that arch is falling over you as you're standing under it right not very smart to stay under it but let's just play the picture so the arch is over your head the keystone starts dropping down and then, by the way, just pretend that the ground starts shaking up and down. That's equivalent of you walking and taking a step. And no, by, by the way, let's not even say that. Let's say you start jumping rope or running. That's violent shaking up and down, like up and down, up and down, right? So that is what you're doing to your plantar fascia every time you walk. After a while, if especially in repetitive motion, that rubber band at the bottom or the plantar fascia starts kind of getting like, you know, I kind of know what to expect, right? And it kind of just gets a rhythm and it warms up and it, it no, no longer hurts. It's no longer an issue. But then when you go to bed or you lay down or you sit down for a long period of time, what happens is that the plantar fascia, like any rubber band, it starts wanting to come together. So what it does, it actually starts pulling the corners of the arch. If you're standing once again under the arch of a doorway, it starts pulling those corners in and that actual rubber band starts getting tight. That navicular bone or the keystone at the very top of the arch is not dropped as much down, but it's still out of position. And then that causes 
your plantar fascia to be taut or tight, right? You step out of bed, you feel the first couple of jolts, and then the same process there starts again. And guess what happens? You have pain for the first 10, 15 steps of your day. And then obviously it goes away. And then you keep doing the cycle over and over and over until you are stuck in a day and where the pain never goes away. That's what plantar fasciitis pathophysiology from what I've observed and reading the research and looking at everything else that everybody's ever said regarding plantar fasciitis. This is how I've seen it actually occur. And on the next segment, I do have to take a quick break here. I'm going to go over how it is that we address that and fix it naturally without drugs and surgery injections or any splints or anything like that. So I need to take a quick break here. You're listening to Living the Full Life on 1290, 95.7 WHIO, Dayton Susan Talk. It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather, and traffic. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Juan Fernandez, and this is Living the Full Life, where we talk about your health and how to achieve it to the fullest. As always, want to remind you, you can find us on Facebook at Full Life Chiropractic. You can find us on Instagram at Full Life Chiropractic as well. You can also find us by calling our office at 937-552-7364. You can press option two if you want to talk to one of our team members, or you can simply text that number. Once again, that number is 937-552-7364. And obviously, you can text anything uh, you know, regarding what we talked about today, you can say plantar fasciitis, more info, new patient appointment. So whenever, and I, I, I don't even talk about this anymore, but, you know, I, I used to at the very beginning uh, just to let people know uh, whenever you call in from the radio show and, you know, and I talk about this, you know, this awesome, you know, natural health approach. If you mention to my team, hey, I heard Dr. Juan on the radio and I want to come in and I want to get my spine checked, my hips checked, I got pain, I got plantar fasciitis, I got headaches, whatever, uh, there's always a discount associated by you mentioning that you heard you, you heard the actual show and that obviously, you know, that I talked about coming in at a discounted rate. So our original price for examination and x-rays is $130. We discount that down to 52 If you call, you can call once again that number, 937-552-7364. So something I haven't mentioned in a long time. I just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, lastly, and it's we're having a dinner Monday, March 7th, 6.30 p.m., Basils and Troy. We are at capacity. We do have a waiting list. We do have another dinner on April 11th at 6.30 p.m. So if you are interested in coming to this dinner on Monday, I would recommend getting on the call list. Things do happen last minute. Some people end up obviously having to reschedule. So put your name on the waiting list. If we do see that there is a spot that opens up, you're more than welcome to come with however many guests you bring. And obviously let us know that number so we can accommodate accordingly if you're interested in coming to learn how true health and healing is achieved without drugs and surgery. So I uh, want to finish up here talking about plantar fasciitis. Uh, you know, obviously this whole show does not even do it justice. So um, I did do a show, I think it was 2018, 19, uh, I want to say probably 19 or 20, if I'm remembering correctly. You can always go back on, on podcast via iTunes or even Spotify and search Living the Full Life and go back to plantar fasciitis, and I'll talk about uh, a couple extra things. But nonetheless, I wanted to kind of move through what you can do at home, and secondly, what is it that we do to help with plantar fasciitis, right? So what you can do at home, number one, is you can actually 
treat it by stretching. That's literally the, the most, one of the most actual um, common ways to alleviate plantar fasciitis. And it's typically due to tight calves, uh, calves, you know, calf muscles, right? The gastrocnemius, as said in science, right? Because if those tight muscles down there go to the Achilles tendon, then that pulls on the other side. It's kind of like a lever system, right? So the Achilles tendon is pulling on the heel, on the calcaneus, that heel bone from the top. And then the, the actual plantar fasciitis pulling on the heel from the bottom. So the gastrocnemius is way stronger than the plantar fascia. So what happens is that there's an overpowering of one versus the other. And if those calf muscles are tight all the time, guess what happens? It wins that battle every day of the week, and it causes you to pull on the plantar fascia, causing that elongation, uh, you know, micro tear, bleeding, inflammation, etc. So, of course, you can stretch, you can heat, you can ice. What I've seen people do, another solution is you freeze a water bottle, like a 20-ounce water bottle. You get out of bed. You put it on the ground after you use the bathroom, et cetera. You know, first few steps are going to be sore, whatever. Or you can do it as soon as you get up if you have a freezer in your house and, and inside your bedroom. But nonetheless, right, you grab that that frozen bottle of water and then you put it on the ground and you roll your foot back and forth, especially that heel. And you're doing like a massage cryotherapy session on your heel. So you can stretch, you can heat, but I would recommend icing. Icing, once again, is going to decrease inflammation. And one of the last things you can do is get orthotics, obviously, or insoles that may alleviate some of that pressure and tension, especially the ones that support the arch, because that arch that drops, once again, that keystone, that navicular drops, that's just really stretching out the plantar fascia. So the way that we address it is that we actually adjust that navicular bone, the arch, the keystone, right, the bone that's in the arch of the foot, we adjust that bone and we also address the alignment of the calcaneus of heel bone. When you align both of those things, the plantar fascia realizes like, holy cow, I'm not supposed to be this overstretch. I'm supposed to be at this actual tension and it doesn't cause as many issues. I've had a patient uh, in our office that literally just recently in the last, let's call it eight weeks, we started adjusting his feet. The first three adjustments, he looked like he wanted to obviously clock me with a baseball bat because it looked very, very painful. But I told him, hey, we need to continue. You'll see in a couple of weeks. And no kidding, he came in a couple of weeks later. He's like, man, my foot is definitely better. It's not gone all the way, but it's definitely more manageable. And I can actually get through my day without as much pain. So if that is you and you're dealing with, obviously, plantar fascia, you know where to find us. Once again, our number is 937-552-7364. You can text that number, call that number. Once again, press option two if you want to talk to somebody. So that's all I got on plantar fasciitis today. Thanks so much for listening. Enjoy your weekend. Be blessed. Thanks so much for listening. You guys have a blessed day. And once again, you're listening to Living the Full Life on 1290, 95.7 WHIO, Dayton Susan Talk. It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk.